0: What's so up? Welcome in. This is the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO to live your bet life and get up to $2,000 in free bets. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue back with you alongside Will DeWitt and Nicholas Moriano. Again, all three of us at practice today. Practice number two in the book. Still no pads, just helmets, but uh, got to see a lot more team stuff today, guys, and... Uh, as our headline on the pod today suggests some mixed results from the offense and a plenty to break down for you. Uh, But as we're going to start every episode, guys, I'll kick it off to you. Will, best and worst that you saw today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the best thing that I saw today was just the overall vibe of practice, that intensity, that effort. And coach Debra is coaching this team hard. Nick and I, were over by the defense, the DBs doing some drills. And he kept telling them, you know, run, finish, run full speed, full speed again. Oh, you're not doing it. Try again. You can't fake this, guys. Keep running. And it was just awesome to see. Uh, I've never seen that from a Bears practice, like forcing these guys, holding them accountable. If they're not going to the level of standard that they're going to kind of set, they're going to make sure to do those reps again. So that was really neat for me. So that was the best thing overall. And then the worst thing that we saw today was uh, too many drop passes. Like you said, Adam, mixed bag for the offense today. Uh, I'll let you guys talk about, you know, fields and what he did. I'm sure that's coming up. But overall, there's too many times where receivers had chances to make plays. The ball hit them right there in the breadbasket, but it still ended up going into the turf or potentially an interception too. So that's going to be the worst thing that I saw today. Yeah, and for me, the
2: the best thing I saw today, and I know, Adam, we were kind of thinking along the same lines here, but Justin Fields passed to Cole Komet. It was down on a a nice seam route in between two defenders. Justin put the ball exactly where it needed to be, and we talked to Cole Komet um, in the press conferences today, and that's something that they've been working on with the chemistry, and that happens because of all the stuff they did off the field, and that wasn't a pass that was really capable, uh, those two were capable of making last year because Fields didn't have that continuity, that chemistry with commit so it was nice to see that play kind of happen in practice today and the worst thing i saw it was at the end of one of the team periods nathan Pierman tried to hand off the ball to the running back but instead it was a pitch there was a miscommunication on the play and then ended up the the drill had to be over with and then the next i think it was the first team unit came in after that but just a, a wasted rep essentially because the quarterback running back were not on the same page and then you have to move on to the next set of guys
0: yeah and I think that touches on the execution that we heard from the offensive coordinator Luke Getze, today that he was not too pleased about and understandably so but i'm gonna I'm gonna be positive here with the offense to start, okay i I talked about my high expectations for Justin Fields in training camp. I'm asking him to blow me away. today was a really really good start. yesterday we didn't get to see much. It was really hard to even judge the quarterback today, Justin Fields had a good day. I thought, I thought he was uh, he had conviction behind his throws, mostly accurate. A lot of those plays that you guys are talking about that you're frustrated, frustrated with that did not get made by the wide receivers were still really well-thrown footballs. I thought Justin Fields, if he has every practice like this, which is obviously not going to happen, but if he keeps this up through the majority of training camp, then he will live up to those high expectations that I have for him that some have said are unfair and I don't think are unfair for a first round pick. Um, but then we get to the other side of it. And for Nikhil Harry to come out yesterday and be like, my strength is to go up and get the football. He had two opportunities today to, wow, not only me, not only the coaching staff um, and the, but also the fans in attendance and make a great first impression. And he was over for 2. He had one pass early on. I don't even know if it was from Fields. And I may have been Trevor Simeon, actually, I think. Um, I think it was. He it was kind of a fade towards the sideline. And instead of going up and getting it, he just sort of fell backwards and tried to let the ball come to him as he went to the ground, didn't make the play. So that would be the opposite of going up and getting it, in my opinion. And then uh, later on, the play that uh, has been talked about a little bit on twitter but um it was a good pass over the middle from justin fields and an opportunity for his wide receiver to go up and get the football instead he went up with one hand bounced off that one hand went straight to eddie jackson who made the play and took it back the other way i don't know if it would have been a touchdown in a game but it certainly looked like a touchdown in practice so i just thought for um
1: first impressions with the keel harry today not great I think that's pretty valid and fair. He did have one decent catch along the sidelines, but that was like one out of the many opportunities that you mentioned he had. And if he's one for three, one for four, and we said it yesterday, he was talking the talk and he needed to back it up with the walk. And today he didn't do that. So it's early in camp. We'll see if he can shake it off and continue to grow within his offense. He's still relatively new in it. But like you said, it was disappointing to see after getting a little bit of you know hype built up yesterday. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Now, to be, honest, to hey, be fair, I...
3: no one said the uh, best thing I saw was the graphic. Uh,
0: the it was it? a nice graphic. Well, I don't want to say nobody. It's getting some compliments in the comments. The, graf- the graphic <laughs> wasn't in practice, which is the yeah. segment. Um, yeah. true, true. Best and worst thing we saw on the show so I, I far just, in six minutes. I m- one you might mention. I'm just saying, no, six minutes, 27 seconds, the best and worst we've seen yeah. on the show so far. Uh, best <laughs> is the graphic. The worst is your blurry picture that I'm seeing right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. There and it is. leaves.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but nice job by Lawrence, obviously, coming through. With the binoculars on our heads. I like it
1: hmm it was nice like uh, yeah it
0: was nice yeah um and today's a fun segment that we'll do uh, most days i think but only when it warranted um, i'm gonna actually do this at myself today referencing a tweet that i saw earlier on the chgo bears twitter account which you should be following at chgo underscore bears uh, but today's bear or not a bear bear or not a bear uh is greg stroman jr Um, because I'm following the CHCO Bears Twitter account. I'm assuming this is coming from our guy, Will. Uh, Greg Stroman Jr. has made a couple of very good plays on the ball, forcing incompletions in one-on-ones. I I was pretty sure that that was a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. So, bear or not a bear, (laughs) uh, you would have stumped me on that one.
1: Damn. Yeah, he was, though, showing I had to check the roster sheet a couple times. I'm like, oh. That was Strowman. And, uh, you know, my oldest son loves wrestling, and there's a wrestler with the last name Strowman as well. So that's what I would have thought. Uh, someone would have told me that name. Oh, a professional wrestler. But no, he's on this roster, and uh, he did have a few flashes here today. Uh, really tough physical and coverage, and uh, definitely made himself stand out. And speaking of which, another young defensive back did that for me today, and that is Chicago's Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he went from undrafted a couple years ago. He has had a few starts around the league. And, yeah, I kept hearing about cornerback Lamar Jackson says, no, Matt. He was intriguing here today. Multiple plays, both in seven-on-sevens and in team drills. And I kept looking, like, 23. is like, when Kyle Fuller come back? Nope, it's <laughs> Lamar Jackson. And then we were having talks in the stands about, you know, the Adrian Peterson. And I had the one from Minnesota. But then Chicago had his own. And maybe Lamar Jackson had become, like, that new version of, uh, you know, having – the off-brand version of the household name.
0: Greg Stroman Jr., by the way, is a a fifth-year pro already. Yeah. So um, who I had down here for a minute and already lost him on my roster. 39. 39. There it is. Six feet, 182, uh, fifth year out of Virginia Tech. uh, Speaking of Kyle Fuller. And um, you called it Chicago's Lamar Jackson. I believe that's Nebraska's.
2: Lamar Jackson Ooh, for being that, that's true we don't need to I mention mean, Nebraska while we're on this I mean if up. you
0: guys are going to claim all these uh big 10 guys I think we got to give a Nebraska their they're due hey he's wearing number 23 so he better show up and make plays Lamar Jackson though to your point uh had a few nice plays you mentioned the interception uh nice pass breakup also I have to say the most impressive recovery of an onside kick I've ever seen. Did you see this play? I mean, I know I'm the only one watching special teams, but they were practicing uh, kickoffs. or They're they're really doing kickoff returns. Mm -hmm. Um, But out of nowhere, Cairo Santos worked in a surprise onside just to see if the front line was paying attention. There's a little coaching point. Front line, you cannot leave until the ball is kicked, in case it is an onside kick. And it was like this sort of a short looping ball that stayed in the air. I know it's only like 10 yards away, but it was like right there. And all of a sudden you saw Lamar Jackson, like a cat, you ever see a cat, like try to catch like a toy. He just went like (laughs) He just went sideways and caught the ball. It was insane. I was impressed. Most impressive onside recovery in the history of
1: football right there today at practice. Damn, and I missed it because I was tweeting too much. Like, I heard it all, and I saw the after effect, but I didn't know about the body contortion. Well, look, everybody was
0: watching the quarterbacks miss the net over and over and over and over again. They have these nets set up with these uh, squares where they're trying to get the football in, and every time I looked over there, the passes were not pretty. Maybe I missed some good ones. There was one that Nathan Peterman threw where the ball was like a helicopter. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's nathan Peeman not surprised first. and but i'm uh, glad I, i'm Adam, glad i didn't I, i'm glad that i wasn't putting too much stock in that period because i saw i did see justin fields like completely miss the thing twice i care more about the team where the team sessions where say, he was throwing dimes mm-hmm. so i'm okay with him missing that meanwhile i'm watching special teams and watching lamar jackson look like a cat
2: out there uh catching onside kicks i'm surprised that wasn't your best thing of the day You know, just how enthusiastic you were about it. I know Justin Fields, I get it. But, man, it came out of you right there.
0: I I, I do have to say, if I am calling that the greatest onside kick recovery in the history of football, then.
1: Yeah. Let's be honest, Justin Fields (laughs) looking
0: good is still more important. So
1: (laughs) It is, yeah. Fair point. But before that onside kick attempt happened on the sideline, you did see Santos kind of practicing – almost like his chip game. Like he was just barely tapping the ball mm-hmm. off of like a tee and just kick. I think it's like four yards at most. And it just like, almost like touch little kicks. It was actually interesting to see. I haven't seen a kicker do that. So was that equivalent? Were, was that
0: when they were, um, they were actually snapping and holding too, or was that a different uh, time?
1: I think that was a slightly different time. Uh, okay. it was just along the sideline, but while they were working on some other stuff on the field, but yeah, we can't do pictures or videos at that time. So if you're trying to like envision this, the best way is like, if you're at like the driving range and you go to the green and you just kind of like practice your chip with a bucket of balls, that's what it felt like. Yeah.
0: Well, cause I did notice they were doing that at one point with the snapper and holder, which, uh, showed me that it was just like a little drill to practice the snap and hold timing without him actually following through and kicking the football. So, um, yeah, there's your special teams update for the day, I guess. Well, um, I can
1: get more if we want more.
0: I don't know if I don't know. We have to ask the people. I think, I think that's a, uh, that's up to them to dictate the special teams uh, discussion.
1: Well, I can I'll I can get it done before they even chime in. So kick return, we did see the Bears, you know, rotate a few different players in there today. If you're curious, I know Nick and I during countdown in camp just kept identifying all these players that can return punts and kicks. So today in kick return, you had Vela Jones Jr. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Treston Ebner, and Byron Pringle, all who do have extensive experience, whether it be collegiate or pro, at returning kicks, and they allowed all of you to just have a, you know, a few different cracks at it. It was just more of walkthroughs than anything, but just showing you where their head's at. Like, this job's still wide open, and those are probably the leading candidates. Um,
0: let's go to some of the guys who are missing today. Which unfortunately in a new twist and Bears fans are gonna have to get used to this just like we are, but the head coach is not talking every day. Not that they normally give us detailed injury updates anyway, but um two miss two guys completely missing from practice today, unless you guys saw them, but I did not. Uh Tevin Jenkins, one of them right off the board. That, uh again, this was like the the joke we were having about the eddie jackson of a root canal back in uh, OTAs, like oh, it could be anything we don't know um but he wasn't there and you think second day of training camp you would be there so uh then thomas graham jr as well not there today those were the two significant names not a camp and no explanation and then lucas patrick suffered some sort of injury in practice didn't look terrible he was able to walk off on his own but he did leave with trainer Andre Tucker and then ended up taking a cart back to um the team facility I would not put too much stock in the fact that a cart was involved the they were practicing on the back fields today so anybody with injury is going to be on a cart going back to the facility because it's just far away so that's not really relevant um I'm sure if they were practicing right next to the facility, he would have been able to walk there just fine. But not what you want to see on a day two of camp before pads even go
2: on. No, and you, you get Doug Kramer being the center for a majority of that practice after Lucas Patrick goes down. So you're already seeing a shift in the offensive line that's still trying to figure out what the best five is. And now, again, we don't know the severity of Lucas Patrick's injury or what it is that actually got injured, but just something to monitor as they kind of approach the third practice here tomorrow and seeing what that line can look like, you know, given on Friday
1: and with Tevin Jenkins, with a player like him that has that history of back injuries and that bothering him. And yesterday was the first, you know, practice. We don't know what it is, but ideally you hope, you hope it's not like his back, you know, tightening up after getting into some contacting and some practice there yesterday. So We'll see if we get updates or if we see him tomorrow, that should be an update a- enough. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was tough to see no Tevin out there today. Cause I know he's someone that we're paying a lot of attention to. Uh,
0: and it was also interesting to just like, to me, like, I think the bears did a good job to add Riley reef and, and Stroman to the, um, not Strowman. Now we got Greg Strowman in my head. Uh, Schofield in in uh, into the offensive line mix this week, but it's still kind of as soon as you see Lucas Patrick go out that quickly, speaks to all of a sudden the lack of depth that might be there. When you see Doug Kramer jumping in there as the, the backup center right away because they still have Sam Mustafer over at guard. Yeah,
2: and no, I was also thinking like obviously with the line shifting. Um you also saw like Riley Reed kinda get some snaps in at very limited for for that um left tackle position in Braxton Jones, but it just shows like how if how young this line is going to be this season, right? Even if you you lose a Lucas Patrick and you have to put Doug Kramer, then you obviously have Cody White here. But that line is a very young group in itself, especially with the guys that they had going out there with Larry Borm still being the right tackle. But yeah, the, the Bears are going to have to wait and see what the severity of, of Lucas Patrick and kind of go from there.
1: I don't have anything further to add up there up front. It's just a matter of wait and see, and I don't think it's – we have a lot to talk about from practice today, and we don't need to speculate on exactly you know what it could be until we you know find out one way or the other for certain.
0: All right, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up, and if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, and that's not it. If you make a $50 more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free shirt. From the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting is getting even better. If you see an edge in the game that you're watching, or if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, well, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash-outs with PointsBet. And you can download the PointsBet app right now. Use that promo code C-H-G-O. What are you waiting for? It is time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services.
2: I have to tell you about our next partner, Athletic Greens. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus. And that's why I take my Athletic Greens. Took it right before I went to House Hall today. And what's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's a really simple process, and that takes away, like, all those million different pills that you take every morning and supplements that, you know, improve your health. You can just take Athletic Greens. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com chgo Bears Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Bears to take ownership over your health. And pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All
0: right, before we get to other observations from camp, I have to I have a question, and I'm not sure you guys can answer it, but did Nikhil Harry do something else in New England besides just not live up to expectations? Because for one measly tweet about a ball going off his hands, I have never seen this type of negative reaction about a player. And it's not even coming from Bears fans. It's like nationally, and especially from all these, like Patriots Twitter has popped up. Like, just a reaction to my tweet that I had in the moment and practice Justin Fields' pass bounces off Nikhil, Nikhil Harry's hands, and Eddie Jackson picks it off. That's literally all the tweet it says. It's a play by play tweet from camp. And like, everyone's jumping on this guy. Did I miss something?
1: Not to my knowledge, I don't know of anything else, but very similar to you on some of my tweets here today. I thought those gained some, you know, more outside traction than I would expect. And I don't know what he did. Uh, I understand not living up to expectations and how frustrating they can be. Uh, I'm used to that over here in Chicago, but I don't usually follow players to that degree where I'd want to chime in at this stage. Man, yeah, that tweet blew up at him. Just like looking at, <laughs> I'm like seeing it for the first time. I'm like, wow. Um,
2: look, it's his like first actual, or I guess second price, but I, I don't know. Uh, yes. He didn't have the best day. And after talking himself up the other day, wanted to prove himself being a fresh start. Well, let's see what Nikhil Harry can do to have a bounce back day. Like that's, that's what we saw from Justin Fields all the time, but that's what makes him the player that we think he can be. Let's see what Nikhil Harry can do before people already close the book on what he potentially can help with this bears offense and the wide receiver
0: yeah, and by the way, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not surprised I'm not surprised by the reaction from you know, Patriots fans in general. I'm just I guess I'm just surprised at how negative it is. Like there's a lot of hatred towards the guy. Um I just cuz I'm with you look, I'm going to analyze each and every one of these practices and plays and then stack it together to make conclusions. I have said in the past I'm very big on first impressions. Um, especially with rookies. And in this case, we're talking about a guy who didn't work out in one place. And I think we're all in agreement like it's unlikely all of a sudden his career takes off here, but we're willing to give him a chance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was, you know, just t- today, my takeaway on Nikhil Harry was it wasn't a great first impression. Um, it honestly reminded me, and I shouldn't compare it specifically to. Um, like a larger sample size with Kevin White. But when Kevin White finally got healthy, like when they finally got to year four, when it was like, okay, finally, let's see if this guy can play. Because like that was still a question at that point. Like he had so many injuries and missed so much time. You're like, I don't know. Maybe he could still play. We don't know. But there was in training camp that year in Bourbonnet when he was healthy, there was a number of plays similar to what I saw today where you're just like, go up and make the catch, man. You're a first-round pick. And he was reluctant to do it, and it was like sort of this uh-oh moment of, ah, maybe he's just doesn't know how to play the position at the NFL level, you know? And unfortunately for Kevin White, that's kind of how it turned out. I'm not going to make that conclusion today just off of one Nikhil Harry practice. But... If that continues where he's missed, it's basically missed opportunities. Like in my mind, he had mm-hmm. two plays there where he could have gone up and made a play that the Bears want to see him make, and he didn't do that. So that's just what I'm saying is, and we'll write them down in a notebook. We'll see how it adds up. I'm not going to determine it all off today, but for one damn tweet, it just surprised me the negative reaction over it.
2: And to be fair, too, like, yeah, Nikhil Harry didn't have the best day, but like there were drop passes all over. Byron Pringle had a very catchable ball that Justin Fields, through an accurate pass, bounces right off his hands. Like, there are other guys that, uh, you know, take Kari Blassie game, had a, a ball right in the flat, hit him right in his hands, drop. So there are other guys that also didn't take make the most of the opportunities that they had today. But, yeah, it's Nikhil Harry. He's the new guy. He's a former first-round pick. You want to see it. But other guys on this team that were free agent acquisitions this season also didn't capitalize when they had the opportunity to.
0: Also, someone pointed out that he did—he was vocal about leaving New England, and um, he did ask for a trade. So if you don't want to be there and the fans are offended by that, I guess I get it. True. Sure. Um, I, I guess I'm not even, like, criticizing the fans that are coming after. I'm just surprised by it. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I don't remember everyone just shitting on Kevin White when he went somewhere else, and you see tweets about him. And maybe I'm wrong okay. about that, but I don't really remember that. I think... But it was a little bit of a different situation. Kevin just had a lot of injuries that mm-hmm. you you just really almost felt bad for the guy more than anything else. Um, so I don't know what else you guys want to talk about from practice.
2: I think the I mean Kyler Gordon. I mean yeah. getting a lot of reps at that nickel position. He talked about it in the press conference today. But you know I want to ask you this question here, Adam, because when Will and I were driving back, I'm like, is Kyler Gordon in the slot? Giving you the best three corners on the field, if that's the position he plays, because that means Kendall Vildor goes to the outside. You have Jalen Johnson on the other side. Is that the best three that you want there? If Kyler is the slot corner, well, I think it depends. You
1: want to share my thoughts real quick.
0: Well, I just think it depends on who emerges. Let me put it this way. I am more intrigued by the options in the slot than I am outside. So mm-hmm. on a day where Thomas Graham Jr. is not at practice, you know, seeing Kyler, go, I guess, let me, let me re- word this a different way. I'm more intrigued by the idea of Thomas Graham Jr. being on the field than I am Kindleville door. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we're trying to come up with the best three, I'd probably prefer Kyler outside. Graham inside. I'm saying that though without Thomas Graham Jr. having proven anything in training camp yet. So like that that's like almost more of a hope than anything else that it works out that way. But you gotta show it. And if he's not there, one thing I will say about King Kindleville Door is I just thought he was thrown in too soon, too raw. Um, I think he's ideally suited as a, a backup on the outside than anything else. So it's a little too early to say um, the one thing I will add though, is if you go back to what Iberflu said about this defense, very, very early on when he got hired, that nickel spot is huge. Mm-hmm. That slot corner spot is huge and they didn't do a ton to address it in the off season. So you do wonder if Kyler Gordon showing all of this athleticism and uh, instincts and willingness to, to uh, not only go after the football, but also tackle, Maybe that's the best thing for the defense overall is to put him inside where he's in the fire a little bit more.
1: That's exactly what I was trying to get in and saying, because like you said, it's a very important position, both against the pass, against the run. He's a little bit of a bigger body. And he mentioned to the media, you know, after the, it took him a while to get in there, but he finally was able to talk to us and uh, mention he loves playing with that physicality. It's something that he just, he thought when he's in nickel, he's allowed to kind of tap into more of his skill sets and become more of a complete player. And even though you want the best three, you, if you have like different weights on all these positions and like, okay, but you need like your alpha here in a the slot, then you maybe it is like that opportunity cost where Flus looks at it and go, even though we will suffered a little bit in the outside, if we have this dog here inside playing the slot, we should be able to make up for it too. And Thomas Graham did line up outside last year. He can do that. They did slide him in this year. So maybe you just flip flop him, And who knows? Maybe Lamar Jackson continues to show out too as an outside corner option for the Bears, Someone that rises to the top. We've heard that term all through OTAs. And even yesterday from flu, talking about who rises and maybe that'll be the best case for him too. But either way, it's interesting. I don't think neither of us really expected this this early in camp to see Gordon playing so much nickel.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so it'll be, it'll be uh, interesting to see where that goes going forward. Um, and that's definitely a spot where, um, I think the combination in the preseason, the combinations in the preseason games will tell us a lot too. And the plays that are made or not made in those preseason games. Um, same thing for Nikhil Harry, by the way. I mean, that's a guy you think plays a lot in the preseason and yo, if he can go out there and make plays in the game, then that'll He's help overcome it. whatever missed opportunities he had in one practice today. So uh, we will we'll continue to, To monitor that. Um, Overall, there was a frustration from Luke Getze. It was interesting, though, because the question was actually brought up in the terms of the drops that we saw today. And he Luke Getze went from that question and his thought process was, I'm not so concerned specifically about the drops as I am just the lack of execution. And it's not. I knew where he was coming from. He was trying to talk about, like, just lining up, doing the most basic stuff, not false starting. There were a number of false starts. Uh, one was just Tyre Car- Carter, the rookie, when he got some reps at right guard with the ones, by the way. False start, got pl- replaced immediately. Uh, Ryan Griffin, one of the tight ends, was guilty of one. There were a couple other ones, too, by the way, where, like, the tight end looked like he flinched, and then they didn't even call it. They just kind of let the play go. Um, it was a little sloppy, and so I think that that's where he's coming from with the uh, – he said the lack of execution is what pisses him off. Um, so I understand that. I'd be concerned about the drops too, but I also feel really good that I thought my quarterback played pretty well if I was Getsy.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they almost executed the entire play. And then the, right at the very end with the drops. So I think you can live with that as an offensive coordinator as an offense. And obviously, you need to limit those drops. But the play didn't even get started with the false starts, the whatever it may be, the um, illegal motion, whatever it was. So you can live with the drop passages, probably concentration drops more than anything. So I think from Luke Getz, Luke Getze's standpoint, at least they're getting through the play and at the very end not not finishing it
1: and i like that they're holding this team accountable and specific players accountable too like you're not gonna you know pay attention to the snap count you're gonna you know jump this thing you're out put someone else in who can do the job right and doing that i think you know as a player you'd be embarrassed like you're trying to make your impact felt to this coaching staff your teammates and there's fans in attendance so having some of that you know negative feelings towards it would help make some better decisions uh, down the line too and you mentioned justin and We talked about all these nice throws that he's had to, you know, today you talk about the one to Pringle that was incomplete. There's another one that was completed over the middle of the field. And over the last couple of years, this bears offense, I don't care who's under center. We have seen a lack of plays being made in the deep area in the middle of the field. That's just been gone. And being able to see a few different completions in that congested area of the field, Justin getting the ball in a tight window, receivers making the catch, whether it be Pringle, Mooney, Cole Komet. I saw Bayless do one on the outside as well that excites me seeing this offense and they all said like we're just kind of still getting going. We're still in the install phase. We're not anywhere near where we need to be, but seeing them hit those sort of plays that I haven't seen really hit too much uh, is something that gives me some confidence that this thing can come together this season for the bears, at least show improvement from what we saw a few years ago or late last year. It may not be top 10, but at least we're going to be making some chunk plays over the middle of the field too. And with Justin, one other thing I saw today was throwing the ball away. When something was there, he just tossed it away. We'll move on to the next play. And sometimes, you know, it's not fun to watch, but it's the right call to make. And for him to, you know, recognize that nobody's open. There's something he can do with his legs because there's two people already collapsing on him. Let's just get rid of it. And we'll we'll have to fight another down. And, you know, that's another small positive takeaway that I have from Fields today.
0: Yeah, and I, I get, a good sign that Cole Komet was making the plays on the other other end of that uh you know the one play we talked about over the middle um was not an easy catch in traffic and i love that commit said later that um that that's something that fields that play up the seam is something that he and fields uh repped uh every practice like right at the end right that's what he said yep. um and he said i knew exactly where he was going to throw that and with the leverage i had on the guy that was really cool to see and that's the um pretty much look like at least a similar type throw, if probably not the same place since they're in a new offense, but similar type throw uh, that Fields had to Jimmy Graham, right? In Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Wasn't that the Graham up the middle? That was mm-hmm. one. Of, oh yeah. The, uh, the one where Matt Nagy called it a top three throw in the NFL. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was similar type play. So if you can kind of picture that since we don't have the videos from practice, uh, kind of picture that play against Pittsburgh last year, that was the type of play and Komet made it. And then there was one earlier or earlier too, where he's going down the left sideline. It's kind of an older over the shoulder type catch, uh, that he brought in that I thought was good. And and those are the types of plays that I've as someone whose team Cole Komet had been critical of is saying, though, no, you got to make the tougher catches. Like that's gotta be something you do when those 50, 50 balls are up there, make the plays. So um, that was, that was a good sign.
1: It was. And when you can have a tight end, who's a big threat over the middle of the field, be someone defenses have to be accountable for you hold those safeties in the middle. That should open up throws to the outside too, for fields this year. So seeing those plays be completed here, great sign for moving forward. And, Uh, I know we've talked about Komet a lot about needing to be better in the red zone. The Bears did not do red zone work today. We saw a little bit of that yesterday, but we didn't have a great vantage point. Uh, But Komet did say that in his offense, in his scheme, that he feels like he's going to be put in more advantageous spots in the red zone, being worked a little bit more in the low red zone as well, which is a little bit closer to the goal line compared to what he was last year. So I I felt like he was confident and just kind of excited about what this offense is going to do for him. Uh, both from like just a general receiver spot, him being more of a blocker too, tap into that, and also inside the red zone, an area of the field that we've talked about, he needs to be able to step up a little bit. Uh, if the offense can help him on a schematic standpoint, he, he seems like he's ready to take that next step himself personally too to achieve some of those bigger goals this year. Yeah, and just real quick, and one last thing on Komet before. We should probably talk about Eddie Jackson because he also spoke to the
2: media mm-hmm. today. Uh, the one play you were referencing there, Adam, when he caught the, the ball on the sideline, that was against Eddie Jackson, one-on-one coverage. I was able to break away and create some separation, which I know a lot of uh, just fans want to see from Komet, But it, and it was Nathan Peterman that threw the ball. So it was an accurate pass by Nathan Peterman and Komet making the catch. But Eddie Jackson, I think, had a, a pretty good day to, today, too, it was showing a little bit of what he can do in this defense. He came off the edge on one of the plays in eleven eleven. Was most likely going to get a sack on Justin Fields. I know, you know, Justin was kind of like shaking his head, like I don't know about that one, but I think Eddie Jackson would have gotten a sack. And you mentioned the interception earlier in practice, but we got the chance to speak with him, you know, after practice today, and he said how him and Jaquan Brisker, like Brisker, would go over to his house and they'd watch film together. And that was kind of a mutual thing that they wanted to do and that Brisker's always asking the right questions and just being like that mentor, um, just a veteran leader just to kind of help out Brisker in his process early on in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and he mentioned that he believes in Brisker is gonna be a very good player in this league because he takes that initiative to tap into some of that veteran presence like Jackson. He asks not just a lot of questions, but Jackson said the right questions. And what I was Uh, in the room watching Eddie kind of speak when uh, they're talking about the new system and like the culture around here and coach Eberflus, like he had a smile to his face about like what the bears are building here from a culture standpoint. And it reminded me a lot about like how his interviews went when he was playing under Vic Fangio, talking about him, talking about that defense. And, Eddie Jackson really appears to be buying in 100% of what the Bears are trying to do here, this new culture shift, this regime change, and I think that could potentially lead to you know better play as well if you're 100% committed and you like the coaches uh, that you're playing for. Uh, Nick, you mentioned the interception. He came in off that blitz. I saw Kyler Gordon coming in off of a blitz, too, so DB's getting all mixed in there, and Uh, One last thing about Brisker I just want to say is uh, when we're talking about Gordon Slot, one look that I really do like is Brisker coming down, not just actually in the box, but outside of it being an outside guy. And he does have good man-to-man coverage skills. So when the Bears are in their base and they need to slide someone down outside, they can bump Kyler in. And that's another, I think, interesting wrinkle that I wasn't envisioning at coming into this year, but seeing it, it makes a lot of sense to kind of put yourself in the best position forward. Yeah. And by the way, we had a question there. Eddie Jackson, does it look like he's bought in 100? I,
0: I say yes. I I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I know I kind of teed him up at the end of the press conference to talk about the buy-in and what's he going to say, but it was, he took it a step further. Cause I, I really just asked like, Hey, where's that stand right now? And how long does it take to get there? And out of, uh, you know, adding his complete, like his own context, uh, on his own to the question, like he said, he felt it like within a month of them just being in the building that the buy-in was going to be there. And, you know, I think we already kind of crossed that bridge earlier in the off season. I mean, that was our big question when these guys got, uh, I remember going back to the combine when these guys got there and all this talk about this hits philosophy was how was it going to be received by the players? But everything we saw in the off season, if you want to knock the talent, knock some of the struggles on offense, things like that pointed to the buy-in being there, uh for the defense specifically and Andy Jackson's one of the biggest names, right? That you're like, you need this guy to buy in. And you know, I'm not excusing him for not finding a way to still have success under the previous coaches that were here. But I do think you have to point out, like, if you just look at the coaching staff from so 2018 is a great year. Twenty nineteen well, Fangio's not here anymore. And it's not just Fanjo, by the way, it's Ed Donatel. Ed Donatel was really well loved by those players in the defensive backs room and um, did a lot of good things with those guys. So he leaves. Now he's the D.C. in Minnesota, by the way, Ed Donatel. Um, and it just, I don't know, for whatever reason, didn't click the last few years. Now, again, not necessarily an excuse for it, but you do wonder – if he does have that buy-in with this new coaching staff, maybe this is the system and the coaches that lead to somewhat of a bounce back year for Eddie Jackson.
1: Totally. I mean, Vic Fangio was like a no bullshit type of coach. Like, he wasn't going to take anything and he holds his players to a high level. He pushed them tremendously. You can tell how respected he was in that locker room in terms of like how those players like bonded around him, surrounded him. And you know, his departure really left a toll on a lot of players on that side of the ball. And I thought the Eddie Jackson that spoke with us here today just really resembled the play, the person and like how he just felt and looked and he just looked elated. And I don't recall him actually like having him smiling a lot or just being, you know, happy to be around lately. And the fact that he's buying in and I think Eddie Jackson, as much as it's weird to say, like I think he likes being coached hard. And I think that's, um, you know, players that, are, like, want to be special in this league appreciate being pushed, appreciate the challenge, and maybe he just wasn't challenged enough and held to the standard, and he just kind of, like, said, screw it. If you don't care, I don't care. And now he can't do that anymore, and he's this, it could be a bounce-back year for him if he's going to keep that attitude up. It's a great mental mindset to have. Well, how the practice started, like, we got to see, like
2: we mentioned it earlier, Iberflux was yelling <laughs> at these players to run from the 30-yard line into each corner of the end zone, and to me it looked like Eddie was beat by Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson was in front of him, And he yelling. That's a loaf. That's a loaf. And Eddie Jackson talked about in his press conference today. Yeah. We, we had to redo it three times.
1: Didn't he seem like almost excited that he was called out? Like yeah. you smiling about it. Like so, I had to do the drill three times, but yeah, like go ahead, Nick.
2: No, no. That's why I think, I think he's bought in. Like mm-hmm. this coach is going to keep everybody accountable. Even on that rep where the entire defense is running from the 30 into the end zone calling out individuals, kind of looking at him, Eberflus. So, yeah, the whole buy-in with with Eddie Jackson, I think it is real. And if that's the case, maybe we do see a just a well-rested, a better version of Eddie Jackson that we haven't seen in the last couple seasons.
0: All right, we uh, have some more coming up on Darnell Mooney. We have to empty the notebook, and we have some questions coming up. But, uh, Will...
1: I got some things to say, and I just want to let to know all the Chicago sports fans that your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around, whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls. FOCO, will have something for you, your kid, a friend or a loved one. Looking to get some new gear, collectibles, or accessories, FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, kids, and with everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits and Knicks' favorites, Crocs. FOCO has got you covered with the best Chicago merchandise of your favorite team, so head over to FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link, well, below in our YouTube description. Uh, for all non-presale items, just use the code CHO and that promo will get you 10% off again. Foco.com, the code is CHCO and that gets you 10% off your purchase and get some collectibles. Man,
0: sounds good, I like it. Um, all right, Darnell Mooney spoke today. Darnell Mooney, um, man, if you can't like Darnell Mooney, you just don't like any football players. I think, <laughs> like, he is um, pretty much does everything the right way, studies hard, works hard. Uh, makes the plays on the field, uh, says everything the right way when he talks to the media, uh, beloved by his teammates. So whether or not he ever takes off as like a superstar in the NFL, we will see, but I don't – I just – Darnell Mooney should get pretty much all the love possible from – Bears fans, in my opinion, uh, he said another thing today that I love, like every time he talks about this stuff, he somehow manages to, to raise the bar. And if you didn't see Dan Pompey's piece in The Athletic on Darnell Mooney, it's a must read if you want to get an idea of like how driven and how hard he really is working to be the best. But we got a glimpse of it today with something he said in the press conference uh, right at the end. Actually, uh, Darnell Mooney had this to say, um, he said, my mindset has always stayed the same. Just even from college, I always wanted to be the hardest-working guy and continuously be great and do the best I can do with my ability. I always wanted to train and be a player as if I was a walk-on going to college. I always wanted to work like that, so my mindset has not changed. I still want to be great, still want to be the best player, best receiver in the league, and I'll get that. Now, I want to add... (laughs) a little bit of context there right at the end. It almost seemed like the answer was over and then he hesitated. And then right at the end, cause you knew he was thinking in his head, but he said it out loud. He goes, and I'll get that. Like that's, I mean, there's just, you, you could tell he's not trying to like, you know, talk up himself, but in his head, that's his mindset. It almost like he slipped. It slipped out. Like, yeah. And I'm going to be the best player in the league. So I don't know if that's not, if that's gonna happen or not, but you gotta love the mentality that he has. And any player that's gonna attack every season like they're just a walk on, you know, trying to earn a scholarship, even at the NFL level. I mean, those are the players that coaches love to coach.
2: Yeah, and one thing that he also said in his press conference, too, um, another task that he's taking upon himself is helping other guys in his offense. He said, I he can't do everything alone. And I think for Darnell Mooney, he's such a, a transparent player in terms of what he wants to say. But, yeah, no, if Darnell, Darnell Mooney is the Bears' number one, but he still needs Valus. He still needs Byron Pringle. He still needs Cole Komet, everybody else to kind of buy in and to help him out to be the most successful version of himself, and he recognizes that. So anything, yeah, any if anybody had anything negative about Darnell Mooney. I don't know where it's coming from because the guy just works and works his ass off and comes to work every single day. I also noticed there was one play where he didn't catch the ball. It was an incomplete pass by Justin Fields. And I think Kendall Vildor was in coverage. Kendall Vildor is helping him up. I know that's his teammate, but you're not seeing that every single rep where the other maybe opposing DB is helping up the wide receiver. I think it's just the mutual respect that the team does have for a guy like Darnell Mooney. So the Bears are fortunate to have a guy like him, but. He's willing to take on that next step of helping out everybody else in the offense and offense that he's still learning said he hasn't mastered it by any means right now but willing to take on that task to help the other guys kind of learn it a little bit better
1: yeah because uh, he said it and you referenced it too like the fact that he knows he can't be the only player uh that justin can lean on and that's why he wants to coach up everyone else and make them better because he knows it's going to come back to him and he'll be able to be open a little bit more a little less pressure and be able to play to the highest degree that he can uh so i really appreciated hearing that one as well and then the other one too is you now on top of it about just uh what was it oh yeah so they're asking him towards the end like so what kind of a year are you expecting for yourself like what's the successful season for you And he's like, I'm not really stats will come, you know, as they go. It's not a big deal to me. But then the quote he had was, "Winning will take care of everything." Like he just wants to win football games here in Chicago. Uh, and that's his mindset. And I think he will do whatever it takes to win, both for himself personally, to help Justin. And like Nick mentioned too, with his fellow receivers, other players on this offense, and for him to take that upon himself, still being very young. I know he's been around for a few years now, but he's such a very young player. But that quiet confidence, uh, I think is going to be uh, a big reason why he's going to be looked at as a leader in this locker room you know, this year. Uh, because he's someone that I feel, uh, I know he's quiet, but I would run through a brick wall for darnell movie. if i had the chance and if i knew i wasn't gonna like just totally fall apart that helps yeah yeah i would recommend not trying to do that at home
0: understood but uh (laughs) yeah all right this is the point of the show where we bring lawrence in and uh so throughout the show with all your comments we appreciate everybody chimes in please hit that like button we got a lot of people watching today really appreciate the support hit that like button Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the notification so we're going live. Uh, we appreciate that. That is a sweet uh, poster in the background. Pearl Jam. Yep.
3: Wrigley Field, the first one.
0: Yep. And I like that uh, neighborhood map, too. Yeah, yeah. So, Living the dream over here. And we can see it now. Yeah. So, yeah, It's I good. The Wi-Fi. All right, well, Lawrence goes through the comments. He stars some of the best ones throughout the uh, show, and we're going to rapid-fire through some of them right here. So let's go. All
3: right, well, first off, Michael H. Uh, made this comment uh, about your during your Mooney combo. He says he, he likes what he's seen from Mooney, but the talent jump to playing against the best corners in football might be too much for him. Is there any concern there?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's another thing he's got to prove. I mean, if he's going to uh, – I'd have to go through the I – mean, can't do this off the top of my head, but if you go through the schedule and think about the top corners on each team, he's going to have to face. There's certain weeks that are harder than others. Uh, you don't have the Rams on the schedule this year, so it's not like you're going up against Jalen Ramsey, but yeah, I mean, there's there's weeks like that that you're going to have a tough matchup, but Packers, J.R. Alexander back this year, you know, there, there's there's certainly going to be um, that's something that he's going to have to prove.
1: It comes uh,
2: with the territory being a number one, right? You're going to have to go against number one corners, and there's a guy that's up to that task. I'm going to take on, you know, Darnell Mooney's going to be that guy. All right.
3: All right. Next up uh, from Ross Blumenfeld. He says, how are Alan Williams and Luke Getze on the side then? What's their demeanor? Anything about their coaching style stand out so far?
2: I heard Alan Williams a little bit today because we are near the defense initially in the, the start of practice. Um, he called out caleb johnson for being uh, i think it was matthew adams who beat him in a drill he's like you're gonna let that old man beat you like so he's a little (laughs) bit verbal there uh but in terms of luke you didn't hear much of him but that was like the one thing i heard from alan williams a little bit vocal at, at times throughout the practice
3: um let's see here how about uh the most important question of all from nomad three tech update nick
2: I was waiting for this question because I had it written down in my notes throughout. So there's a couple guys, Nomad, and I think there was somebody else I was asking about three techs. Okay. Get, oh, music update's coming up too. So we had 98, who was Makai Treadway, was one of the guys that kind of repped in on the interior. Also 96. Whoa, 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 whoa whoa, 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 whoa,
0: Yeah. What is the three technique depth chart?
2: That's the question. Well, I don't need to hear about who's oh, rotating. And and, and, oh, the depth chart? Tra- I mean- at any given time, it changes. You know that, Adam. It changes. No. Who's the he starting three? Technique.
0: <laughs> Who's the number two? Who's the number three? Oh, See, know isn't that what the, the original wrong. question
2: was? Am I wrong here? You're right. I thought he wanted twos and threes. I'm giving you twos and threes after Justin Jones. We all know who the three tech is. Okay. Like that's a given.
0: No, but here's. But the, I'm giving you the guys that are two
2: twos by. I want to know who the two is and who the three is. There's not twos and I'm threes. I'm sorry. 98 was the first person in my notes. If that makes. That, that answers the question, which would have been Makai do Treadway. So there's two and then three would be 96, which would be uh, a London.
1: Not so there's two. Okay. and
2: three.
3: Whew. Wow. Okay. Whew. We made it, we made it through there. All <laughs> right. Uh, next up, we got some uh, player questions or well here. First off, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but uh, shy Deshaun says who were the starting safeties?
1: Ooh, ooh. can I do this one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this it.
0: was a little bit easier, but I think will can do this.
1: Um, Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker are are your starting safeties. Uh, that's not going to change.
3: Okay. Uh, how about this from J NL bear 200? Did Zach Thomas get any reps at right guard?
0: Uh, not with the ones I actually noted that. Um, I was a little surprised that uh, with all the people, I don't want to say all the people, there were some different options going in at guard. Um, like Tyre Carter getting some reps at one point with the first team. I did not notice Zach Thomas get any, and I noted that because I
2: thought that was a little surprising to me. But Adam, Wonderful. who are the twos and threes of the of the right guard position? Like well, you guys know. are in and out, that right?
0: That that question was not asked. No, it's
2: fine. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no,
0: no. But I do know that though. The um, it started with actually that was notable. I thought Jatire Carter was getting looks. With the ones and then Sam Mustafer. What there was a one point practice. So if you're gonna go to one, Jatire Carter, two Sam Mustafer. Um, then three would have been Schofield. Though. I didn't specifically see him out there. He's still Riley Reefs seems to be doing more than Michael Schofield so far.
2: Yeah. Between mm-hmm. those two. Yep. So.
0: all right. Uh let's see. What
3: about Tavon Young? A couple of people asked this question in the chat earlier.
2: I saw him primarily with the twos. Um but there were a couple of reps they did have with the ones in like the seven on seven drills where they kind of did that. But yeah, Tavon young after being with the ones yesterday, I don't know if took a step back the right way. Again, Thomas Graham jr. Wasn't here, but he did have some reps with the twos today.
3: All right. Uh, interested in Doug Kramer's progress. Any sightings?
0: Well, he was the guy that stepped in at center when, there you go. When uh, Lucas Patrick yeah. got hurt. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but that's what happened. Uh, how about CJ
3: Reedy? I'll say. Uh, did anyone get eyes on Charles Snowden today? Reports are that he bulked up big time to make the switch to D end. Curious how quick he's looking with the added
0: weight. Yeah,
3: so, not
1: for me.
0: Yeah, because he's six seven. Um but at six seven, two forty-five,
2: that's mm-hmm. light for a defensive end. So uh. I don't think he's bulked up too much, honestly. You can still tell who Charles Snowden is because he's kind of lengthy.
1: But we'll see when the pads come on. That's when, if he's going to start flashing, that's when it's going to happen. So that'll be next week. But the two days that we've been there so far this week, like he hasn't made my notes for any reason, good or bad, just middle of the road.
3: I'm going to kind of, we're getting questions about where is Rex Grossman now. So I'm going to stop with the individual (laughs) player questions. Um, but here's one from Alfredo asking what the running back rotations look like. I kind of like interested to hear your take on
1: that. Personally, I thought I've seen more Treston Ebner than Darrington Evans so far being featured uh, on offense. I, I don't know if it's just coincidence or not. I'm not taking snap counts between the two, but I do see 31 more than 21. Uh, sorry, whatever number, Darrington. Yeah, no, Evans is 21. I'm right. There's just two in the roster card, so I got confused for a moment. But yeah, no, uh, outside of that, you know it's Monty and then it's Herbert, but if you want to look for the RB3, I've been seeing a lot of, uh, you know, Tress and Ebner in that role right now. He's a big back back there.
3: Nice. Um, Most importantly,
0: uh, the music update.
1: Yeah, Day there's no. music. It's just <laughs> sort of like
0: background music, though. It mm. is, yeah. It's just sort of like a beat that's sort of just... Going most of the time. It's like
3: a practice. like a high end sushi joint. Just kind of hear something
0: underneath, <laughs> right?
3: Just yeah, and like
1: order
0: more rolls. DJ Jay illa is their DJ, and you know he's good. He does the games too. um But it's like, and he's actually there. They have a tent for him on the sideline at practice. I I, I did my homework on this today, guys. uh <laughs> That's how it was before. and It has not changed, but they're not giving him much of an opportunity to do the actual DJing. I feel like, like, it's just sort of like this beat that's going the whole time. So I don't know. It's not his fault. That's, I guess what I'm trying to say. I think it's usually that's like sort of a coach's preference. And, uh, and I can speak from experience that when the music's going, sometimes it's hard to coach, like you're trying to yell and scream at the players and they can't hear you.
2: So, um,
0: yeah, that's your music update. Hey.
2: Yeah, and Herb Howard from the Bigs was watching. He watched, you know, C.H.O. Bears podcast yesterday. He's like, guys, there was music. You're like, yeah, <laughs> we just, we just didn't hear it. So, you know, Herb Howard, you know, be, being very observant, listening to the music yesterday. There is music at Bears practice.
3: Thanks, Herb. We gotta get Herb on just to do a music update. All right, uh, Chris Franklin says, "Hogue
0: like the hat." Thank you. This is the Walking Bear logo from Hogan Johns. Uh, says Hogan Johns on the back. Ross um, says, "Nick's hat is nice." Yeah, Nick's. Okay, so we got to like,
3: I feel like that one is a little better considering we're on CSGO right now and not on Hogan
0: John. So, sure. This is also my own personal brand. So, uh, (laughs) I still represent, and uh, you can buy this on obvious shirts next week. I think we're getting more of them. Uh, Unlike Nick's hat, which you cannot buy, it's made by him. Correct. And unless he wants to start (laughs) mass producing them, you cannot buy those. So, sorry.
3: Pay me. And (laughs) I can do it. And then no one commented on mine, but I, I like mine. (laughs) I didn't see yours,
0: like Devil's Head, Wisconsin. Yeah, I was there a
3: couple weeks ago golfing. I got to be honest, I'm a much better lodger than I am a skier, so this is.
0: Well, you could go there for golf. You're not a golfer, are you?
3: I just got this. I I I just won this while I was drinking many many beers while I was in the lodge, Uh, and then I don't know where this question. um, We'll end it with this one. Yeah, I I can't find it anymore. But the question was basically about looking for info on how to attend training camp. Like, is there, you know, it's someone who is, he was far away. And he's like, I don't know if like what he needs info on how to get there.
0: Well, I can still see the question. So, um, Robert said he asked this question on Hogan Johns, but they were too good to answer. So let me address that first part. Um, Hogan Johns is not live like this one. So if you're trying to ask us a question in the comments, (laughs) we were not physically there. So I apologize for that, but we did not ignore you, but it's not live. So if you ask the question, oh, that's just the reality. Uh, But maybe Will or Nick can answer. So that he's he's kicking me out of the conversation. This is up for you guys to answer. I'm too good. Uh, Looking for info on how to attend training camp. There I'm not going to
1: drive 800 miles without the info. So I know they're giving away free tickets at training camp. You'd have to go to chicagobears.com, you can find their training camp page, or go to chicagobears.com. I think it's just slash camp. And then I'll have a link. To, it goes over to Ticketmaster. But now that camp's going, I really don't know if there's any more that's going to be available. Uh, other than that, hit up social media and Beg for other Bears fans to give them yours if they can't make it. But Mm -hmm. that's really where we're at right now because they released them, what, early July? Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you can find some so you can make the trip because it's always a great experience, but it may be rough.
0: All right.
3: Well,
1: and I'm not going to make a
0: big deal out of this like I did last year because I did and people got mad about it. Whatever. Let's pick it up. Yo, the vibe at camp today. You guys agree? Sleepy. Sleepy. Mm-hmm, it was. It was very, very sleepy, and I should be better like on the weekend, but like, and maybe they need to pick the music up. I don't know. But uh, there's like, I didn't hear. I didn't even hear a single fan talk shit about a player. Come on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like talk I'm not shit, encouraging that. Go.
0: But it, usually you at least have that one guy who's like yelling at the offensive lineman during O-line drills, like, mm-hmm. like. Come on, Larry, step it up, Larry. You know, like that guy wasn't even there today. So, you know, if you do come out to camp, because we get a kick out of it, we get entertained by this stuff. So it's, it's supposed to be more fun than the closed
1: practices, you know, that we watch in May. They're like, come on. So that's all,
0: that's all I'm saying.
1: Are we going to do a quick dump of notes? I have three things real quick. I can fire off real fast. Note dump three, no dump. Oh, no, I said dump. note
0: dump. Sorry. Oh, I, make I
1: was like, all right, hey, yep. I had to make sure. Uh, so number one, uh, Duke Shelley, another, I guess, example of the, being coached hard, made a really good play against Erna Mooney, uh, wrapped him up in the backfield, but he wasn't ripping and trying to fight for that football. So he got yelled at after the rep, even though he made the right read, was in the right spot at the right time, made the tackle, but he didn't have that focus to go and knock that football out. And the Bears were really emphasizing that. So I just want to mention that, Uh, Another one was with uh, Peterman did a handoff and he was supposed to do like a fake boot afterwards and kind of half-assed it. And he got coached up after that one. Like the coach was like waving, like you get moving, like you need to get off this spot. So that was neat to see. And then Jack Sanborn, uh, we saw some drills in front of us when they're hitting the blocking sled and going for full extension and then ripping off of that block. And, he extended that blocking slide easier than any other linebacker that was partaking in that drill, and I would not want to get, you know, punched in the chest by that man during a football game because, my God, did he pop that thing back. So, Jack Sanborn, undrafted free agent out of, you know, Wisconsin of all places, but, you know, showing some of that strength at the linebacking position that stood out to me. So, like, those are the three things that I haven't said. I want to make sure to get out there. Boom. Damn,
0: people really don't like when I tell them to pick up the energy. <laughs>
1: I hate it. Man, I I'm sorry. Bring it. I'm sorry. Bring it, bring it I, I
3: noticed uh, Michael responded that he's saying the training camp is hours from Chicago with an S on it. Hours? Like uh, If I you're mean, trying
0: to get home to the city when camp's well, it's still early enough. I mean, come on. Hours? Uh, trust me. Abby. I mean, 80 minutes, maybe. Is that hours? Oh, it I used to have a two, two hour drive home, drive home from a house late afternoon, rush hour yeah, yeah, well, when I, I lived know. in the city. Yeah. It can be hours. Yes. Not the hours of practice now though. I mean you're getting you're going reverse commute in the morning. And then um what's it? It's over at like noon. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah.
3: yeah stop at like
0: superdog on the way
3: home. You know. Superdog. Love superdog. <laughs> Uh, anything else, guys? Any other? Anyone have any notes dumps or anything? Uh, other better
0: names than notes dumps? Some
3: no.
1: Hopefully, please. Notes dumps.
0: Um, I do not. I gotta go do the other podcasts where apparently I ignore questions when they're correct. Not- that would be the when one when I'm not actually there. So I apologize for that. You can right, hit well. me up on Twitter. I answer questions that way, which is a good way to end the show. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Will Wit. The L's are ones at Nicholas Moriano at chgo underscore sports you can bother lawrence too at law on the draw call feel Mayor free rogers stuff uh please follow us at chgo underscore bears as well plenty of good content all chgo we got videos that will and nick are pushing out uh written content tons of good stuff check it all out all chgo.com and across all the social channels again please hit like if you like the show we appreciate you we're back tomorrow again another practice at house hall. We'll be here at two o'clock to wrap it up for you.